Hello. What's up? Hey, not too much. Mm. How are you? Doing okay. God, I feel so bad for Carrie Gamble. Why? What happened? But uh, he had a storeroom, and somehow bugs got into it and ate like a bunch of his art books and his old comics. Oh. He's showing pictures on Facebook, and it's just freaking heartbreaking. It's like there, but for the grace of God, go us. <sighs> Who the hell is the character Bobby Fay in Superman Returns? Bobby Fay. Yeah. Because under Peta Wilson's, I, I'm assuming you pronounce it Peta. Maybe it's Peta. Oh, she. Uh, she was. She was the woman giving the symposium on the plane. The blonde woman. Who oh says my you'll god! Hear little... Is that her? Yeah, that's her, dude. Damn, she looked like shit in that movie. That's Mina Harker. Yeah. Oh my She's god. She's a natural blonde. Yeah, I know, but what one. happened to her in the three years between those two movies? I think they just made her look more plain. Uh, I I'm really looking forward to this. I love this movie. Me too. You know, I'm looking, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I always take, uh, what you call it, Wikipedia with a grain of salt. But according to this... This movie was made for $78 million, and the box office return was 179 So how in the hell is this a failure? How is this a bomb? Because people just want to down on the movie. Family Guy did it the other night when I was watching it. They started off the episode with, thank, like, a, they were at an amusement park, and it was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, The Ride. And they were just kind of downing on the movie. And I'm like, you fuckers, you did it with The Rocketeer, and now you're doing it with another movie I like. You all can kiss my ass. Well, it's like, you. there's an episode that uh, I'm hoping to get up, get put up pretty soon where it was what I recorded when Shag, you know, me and Shag got together for just a little while the other night. And it, it, it's, it's very, like, eclectic um, chit-chat. But at one point I, I mentioned this. And he just does what everybody does. He goes, <sighs> and I was like, dude, everybody said, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, I think this is one of the better superhero movies. I really do. I've taken shit too. Well, what do you think? You about ready to get into this? I am ready to start when you are. This, con this conversation has had this epic soundtrack though, because I just keep hearing the same thing from the oh, I've got DVD. It <laughs> I've got mine muted. Because the music in this movie is great. It is awesome. I really wish that they would do an extended release or, you know, like a complete score release. Because, yeah, I love the music in this. The Empire is in peril. There is great unrest. Countries set at each other's throats, baying for blood. It's a powder keg. The trouble of which I speak could set a match to the whole thing. War. A world war. And that notion makes you sweat? Heavens, man. Doesn't it you? This is Africa, dear boy. Sweating is what we do. Eyes open, boy. Can't protect you all the time. We need you to lead a team of unique men like yourself to combat this threat. What in God's name is that? 
I call it Nautilus. The sword of the ocean. But what is it? The future, gentlemen. The future. So how's it going, Scott? I'm doing just peachy. How about you? I'm doing good. I want to watch a movie. Okay. I think I think we should watch it together. And basically, what I would like to see is a movie where the greatest heroes of the era band together to fight a common foe that no ordinary, no single one of them can defeat. And I want one of them to be kind of mythological in nature. I want one of them to be a shapeshifter. I want one of them to be like an utter rich douchebag. You know, I want kind of a wild card character who comes out of nowhere and really doesn't fit in with the group but becomes integral to it. And I want somebody that can really do tech. Do you think there's a movie out right now that's like that? Hmm. I think there's a couple of movies that are out like that right now. One of them that's gotten a whole hell of a lot of uh, notice and acclaim very, very recently. And then one that, uh, not so much. See, I liked The Avengers. I think we talked The Avengers to death on Comics Monthly <laughs> Monday a couple months ago. I'll agree I with mean, that. I mean, not, o- not only in the episode, but in the Ultimate Avengers commentary, which was a lot of fun to do. But uh, we had had several conversations in between that time period that it felt kind of like another comic book film that I think it's very fair to say that fans don't care for Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is kind of weird because it's directed by a guy that made a very successful comic book film Mm -hmm. in Blade, and it's written by James Robinson. Right. So you would think with, you know, two people that have a pretty good track record with the material that it would come out, you know, being somewhat successful. And I have a theory on why it didn't. Uh, I don't know if we want to go to that. Sure, yeah, I'd I'd actually like to hear that. Well, before we get into that, hey, everybody, welcome back to Two True Freaks. This is Commentary Monthly Monday. My name is Michael Bailey, and as you heard, I have my best friend in the entire world, Scott H. Gardner. Hello. And we are here to defend a film and to produce an episode that's going to make a lot of you go, what the hell is wrong with you two? But you know what? I don't care. Because I think it's time that somebody stood up to defend a movie that, yes, has its problems. I will I will not say that this is a perfect film. Um, but I, would, I, I, I have to say that in terms of just having fun and watching heroes team up and in terms of a good action piece like a good old fashioned action piece Mm -hmm. with fantastic special effects I mean this had a better Hulk fight because this came out the same year that the Ang Lee Hulk did this had a better Hulk fight than the Hulk movie did yes and what we're talking about is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and I'll let everyone get the groaning out of the way now because it's going to happen because it's gotta happen. Because everybody hates this movie. Yes. Well, it's like I told you. You know, just just minutes before we uh, we hit record and got going on this. You know, recently uh, uh, I got a chance to spend a couple hours with our mutual friend Shag, the irredeemable Shag, 
And uh, and I mentioned to him, uh, I, I think the question was, or, or how the conversation came around, was he asked me, you know, what, what episodes were coming up or something to that effect. And I mentioned that you and I were going to be doing a, a commentary for uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And that was his reaction. That's everybody's reaction. Ugh. And I just don't get it because I'm going to say something that I'm probably going to take some flack for, but, but I think that years from now I think I'll be borne out on this a little bit is that the Avengers is not a perfect movie I love it I think it's great I think it is going to go down in history as one of the greatest superhero movies ever however it's not a perfect movie either I mean few movies are and I think that uh, you can kind of in a lot of ways you can put these two movies side by side on on a number of levels and that's why i'm going to dub this uh commentary the 19th century avengers because i think that there are incredibly strong parallels between these two movies and the biggest one for me you know besides the obvious you know the way you introduce the episode you know you've got the tech guy you've got the uh you know the, the the nerdy scientist who becomes a giant monster. You've got so many strong parallels in the characters and just in the concept of pulling together all these great and diverse literary characters. But beyond that, the the obvious one to me and the one that seems like no one but you and I think this way is that both of them are a rollicking good time. Oh, I God, enjoy yes. the hell out of this movie. I mean, it's it's not. Uh, Shakespeare or Gone with the Wind it's just fun I mean if you just kind of go with it you know because again this I guess I don't know if I illustrate my point very well but kind of my point with like Avengers it's the hot new thing I think it's going to take a little bit of time before maybe some of the the plot holes and things like that show through but eventually Mm -hmm. they will eventually people you know especially when it comes out on DVD and we all watch it a thousand times you're going to start to notice things and things will come through. You know, every movie has that, you know. But at the end of the day, if you just kind of ride with it, it's just fun. It's just such a great ride. And that's what I get out of this movie is I just love seeing this team of freaks get together and just have a blast. I I, I really, you know, it, to me it's as simple as that. It's just plain fun. But it's also a visually stunning film to me. I love mm-hmm. the costumes. I mean, I, I want Tom Sawyer's outfit. You mm-hmm. know, the black vest, the white shirt. My wife absolutely loves everything Mina Harker wears throughout the entire <laughs> movie. And, you know, just, you know, Sean Connery has the old late 19th, early 20th century, you know, adventurer outfit on. You know, the Invisible Man has this badass leather trench coat mm-hmm. that swirls nicely. And um, what's it? Why am I blanking on his name? Dorian Gray Boy has got Gray. this very dapper outfit, but it still looks kind of cool. I mean, just just from pure visuals, it's a fun movie. The script, yeah, isn't isn't what you would call smart. You know for lack of a better term. It's not like the most brilliant thing ever commissioned a film, but at the same time, it's fun and it's got its own internal consistency, which, you know, kind of shakes every once in a while. And there's, like I said, there's some problems that I'll mention along the way, but I think the main problem that people have with this film is that 
I think the cult of personality around Alan Moore hurts this film because it is very different from the comic book. And in watching the behind the scenes features, because I have the DVD and I've watched all the special features and I've listened to, there's a com, one of the commentaries has the guy that plays Hyde and the guy that plays the invisible man. And it's absolutely fun. It's just them kind of talking about the film and telling stories from behind the scenes and stuff like that. But it seemed like when this film was being developed that the producer was talking to Alan Moore because they knew each other and they uh, and asked, hey, Alan, what are you working on? Gave him the, you know, said, well, I'm working on this thing called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And it seemed like even before the, um, the comic was out, they were starting development on the film. Uh, so my theory is is that they took the idea into two different directions having a similar like they got what Alan Moore was going to do but just went into two different directions I don't like the comic I'll be completely honest with you I found it to be kind of boring uh, there were certain character moments that I liked but you know for people who are shouting to the rafters that um they should have adapted the comic better. Are you telling me you really wanted to see a scene of the Invisible Man raping an underage girl? That's how he's introduced into the story. And the whole dynamic between Mina and, and Quartermain is different. And it's just not enjoyable because it's Alan Moore being Alan Moore. And again, I really find it amusing that people call League such a revolutionary idea and Alan Moore, this creative genius, when all he did was take a bunch of characters that he didn't make up and team them up together. Right. Yeah, that's original. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I. But I'll. I'll. That goes to my to the heart of my theory of why Alan Moore is overrated. Because he really doesn't do his own material, and all the stuff that he's heralded for and said is the greatest thing ever, are stories that it, it's not like he created a series and told. Uh, rarely does he do this. I will say that he does in at certain points, but rarely does he create a series and develop it through. Like, all of his Superman stories are heralded as some of the greatest Superman stories ever, but when you really break him down, and Andy Leyland pointed this out on Hey Kids Comics, um, and it's something that I happen to agree with, when you really think about it, he told an imaginary story with for the man who has everything, and he told the end. And you could do anything at the end of the story. You've got carte blanche to do to kill any character. And that's kind of a cheat when you think about it. Because you're not really living in that character's universe. So I just... I, I Like I said, I don't like the book. I don't know if you ever read it. I attempted to read it. And I think... Now, see, I'm not. I'm actually consider myself something of an Alan Moore fan. Although it's funny that I'm probably the biggest uh, Watchmen detractor you'll ever meet. So I guess there's <laughs> a, a great disparity there. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I consider myself a fan of the guy. Um, but I mean, I, I was there, you know, as he was coming into his own. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm, you know, part of that cult of personality thing that you were talking about because I, I can take him or leaving, you know, leave him because there's just as much stuff that I like that I've read of his as there is stuff that I just go, uh, now this is too trippy for me. I, I tried to read this book as it was coming out and, uh, it was actually one of the reasons I was surprised I liked the movie so much because I didn't expect that I would because I, I couldn't make it through the book. I, I found the book 
um, just incredibly boring. And it's funny that I used to really be a huge Kevin O'Neill fan when I was you know, much younger when he did uh, um, Martial Law. I thought Martial Law was a, was a great book. But now I look at his artwork and I, I just can't stand it. It's it's too, um, too stiff, too angular, and just too bizarre for me. So that combination of a story that I just thought was a, just too um, too dull, and then the artwork it just wasn't. A, I didn't think it was a good match. So I I think that the movie is a is a great improvement on on the basic concept. It basically takes. Moore's concept, and as you say, just runs in a completely different direction. I like that. I actually think that for a change, I think the movie's better than the book. Um, I don't know if that makes me a hypocrite or not, because I'm usually the guy that's like, you know, adapt the comic, you know, but in this case, I, I didn't think the, the comic was all that hot, so. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, a lot of Moore's classic works have been adapted into film uh, from hell, which I never read, so I don't have an opinion on one way or the other. I've heard it's quite good. I have it, but I just have never sat down and read it. Uh, I enjoy the heck out of that movie. I really enjoy from hell. I, I think it has a great cast, and I think the uh, the way the film flows and the uh, Jekyll in this movie uh, was in from hell as the driver of Jack the Ripper, basically, which is a nice little carryover. Uh, you had V for Vendetta, which is a, a tremendous improvement over that story because I couldn't get through V for Vendetta. Hmm. I thought it was boring. I, love, I really did. I love V for Vendetta. It's okay. actually my favorite thing that he's ever written. You know, it's funny that where where we diverge, it's usually epic and like <laughs> grandiose. It's never over something small like. <laughs> like a DC crossover that didn't really matter or something. No, it's it's like the big books. I just, you know, my it's it's kind of like before we were recording, we were talking about New Frontier. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it, I think it's that conversation, but in reverse, right? Um, and then, uh, but the movie was great. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. And Watchmen, um, I think does things that the comic couldn't uh, and fixes the ending because I really hate the ending of the comic, but I thought it really captured the feel of a, of that book, which I rather like, even though I think it's kind of a downer, uh, which, I, which is rather the point I know, but, right. uh, but it seems like every time a more film is a more book is being adapted. One, there's the obligatory news piece on one of the hype sites where someone asks him what he thinks and he just dogs on everything involving it and says, I'm not taking any of the money. Like it's some kind of high, like he's taking a stand or something, which I respect him for doing it. I'm just sick of seeing it every time one of his movies comes out. <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it, it, you see the people that want it to be a slavish adaptation of the book. And, I don't know, maybe it's because over the years I've been so beaten down and realizing that Hollywood isn't going to, uh, is rarely going to adapt the material, you know, as faithfully as I might want, that I've just accepted the fact that it's not going to happen. So when they make changes to the, the original, I don't usually have as much of a problem. But like you, I think that all of the changes here and the way the story flows is so much better. 
Yes, then the uh, and the uh, then then the comic and the romance angle shifts slightly and works a lot better in this one. And I just got to say, it's great to see Sean Connery just being Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, like I said, there's very little about the movie I don't like. And but one of the things that I love more than anything is the cast. I yes, think, I think everybody plays their role to the hilt. Uh, I just I just love it. I really do. That's another uh, thing that I think is a strong parallel with the Avengers is that I don't think anybody gets overshadowed. Mm-mm. And I think the, the cast comes together as a, as a really beautiful ensemble. I think they all really work and play well together and they play off each other very well. I don't think that there's really anybody that, that dominates over anybody else, except maybe that Sean Connery, you know, he... He is obviously the star, you know, there, there's that. But beyond that, you know, the fact that he's the star uh, and, and the leader of the team, beyond that, I think, you know, still everybody plays well together in the movie. I really enjoy the ensemble. And at the time that the movie was out and in theaters and um, supposedly not doing very well and all that, I suspected that a lot of that had to do with the fact that I just... I think that most people just don't know who the characters are. I think that was, uh, you know, box office wise, I think that was probably the biggest stumbling block is that, you know, um, you know, so many of the characters that are in the movie, I think we're just unfamiliar to movie fans. I mean, maybe I'm wrong in that, but that was just kind of my gut feeling at the time was that, and, and I think the movie, I don't want to say it fails, but I do think that the movie could have spent a little more time on introducing you to the characters. I think it's kind of just the movie goes into it assuming or or that it's a given that you know who these people are or, or that the little bit of backstory it does give is going to be enough for you. And I wonder if it was for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will admit that I haven't read all of the books that the characters originally appeared in. I mean, I've read Dracula, I've read The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but I've never read The the Portrait of Dorian Gray, and uh, I've never read uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So, but I guess just being familiar, and I'm no literature major, don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm an expert by any means. It's just, actually, it's really, it's really ironic that James Robinson wrote this because I am more familiar with Dorian Gray from The Sandman and his uh. references there than actually reading the book. So I thought it was really funny that he used him as a character here because it feels kind of like a companion piece to Sandman. You almost expect the shade to show up uh, <laughs> at any moment. And, and, and in all honesty, the guy playing Dorian Gray would have made a hell of a Jack Knight. Oh, yeah. Uh I, oh, I thought you were going to say shade. I think he would have made a great shade too. Oh, he would have made a great shade too. But I think he would have been a good, uh, really solid Jack Knight as well. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I just I, I don't know what else more we could say. But you know, you know, without just getting into the film itself, because right. <laughs> if we're not careful, we're going to sit here and just talk the right. entire movie to death, and then get to the commentary and go, "Wow, this is really cool." <laughs> Um, but though I do have a question that I was kind of curious about. Are you a fan of the classic s- stories that are in here? Have you read any of those? I Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn. Um, 
honestly, that's that's probably about it. I tried to read Dracula when I was a kid and and couldn't make it through it. Um, it's kind of like Frankenstein. It's a rough read. Yeah, I've always wanted to read Twenty Thousand Leagues. I'm I'm more familiar with the with the Disney movie on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm more familiar with all of these characters um, as as film characters, you know, instead of literary characters. Really, the only character that I walked into this movie um, pretty much, you know, that's pretty much a blank slate to me was uh, was Alan Quartermain. About the only thing uh, I knew about him was that you know he's basically he's. Uh, you know, kind of the forerunner, forefather, if you will, to Indiana Jones, which I think is incredibly ironic that he's played by Indiana Jones's dad. Yeah, I, I just that think that's incredibly funny. ironic because you know he is one of those inspirations for that character. So I think that's pretty cool. But you know, beyond the fact that he was an adventurer that discovered the you know the the lost mines, you know Solomon's mines. Right. You know, beyond that, I didn't know who the hell he was. Here's something for you. Alan Quartermain had a child out of wedlock who did not give the child his, uh, the mother did not give the child Alan's last name, but it gave it her name of Jones. And he is Indiana Jones's grandfather. (laughs) You know, the timeline almost works. Yeah. (laughs) That works for me. So, and we'll throw in our obligatory, wouldn't it be cool for Hawk, Carter Hall to team up with these characters, but we always say that for... <laughs> well, I want to... I, that's something that uh, I, I would love, you know, when when we're all done with the commentary and, and at, you know, at the wrap-up to just kind of give maybe our, our, our wish list, if we were ever going to come up with... Uh, with another team. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, oh, like, yeah. That, what I'll, what I'll, era would you choose and what characters would you choose kind of thing, so... Yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm down with that. I really am. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, what do you say? Are we about ready to dive into this thing? I think we are. All right, so I'm going to unmute here and be ready to hit the play button. So here we go, folks. We're going to offer up our defense for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, all right, fingers on the trigger. We'll hit play here at uh, in three... Two, one, go. Alright. We got Mina and her bats. 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. Now, did you see this in the theater? Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Really? What What seemed to be the, uh, the, the crowd response? I mean, it, it, it didn't have... It... I just, I was so wrapped up in loving the film that I really didn't pay much attention to the crowd. Right. Um, the theater was fairly full, and it was like kind of a weekday in the middle of the afternoon, so I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I think uh, I like how the 20th Century Fox logo yeah. is incorporated into the uh, architecture of the building. In the decade of the 1930s, the great <laughs> city of Metropolis... Now, one of the things I, I think we we talked about it in the before recording talk uh, that I the another part of this film that is rarely talked about is I love the score. I really think yes. the music uh, brings a lot to the film. Yes. 
It is. It's. It's the music is basically another league member in this movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. This. This is a, uh, and I don't say this lightly, and I don't say it often, but this is a uh, a Williams level score, in my opinion. I'll, I'll go with that. It. It does kind of have a, a. I don't want to say an Indiana Jones, but kind of yeah. like that, that kind of feeling because it is a. It is a period piece and I, I've always been of the opinion that if you're going to do a period movie you really need to have kind of a classical soundtrack to it so you don't date it you know? excuse me sir that wasn't a drive through <laughs> I really feel bad for cops in this era for having to wear this type of outfit I mean wearing a cape is cool but I, I think they look it. awesome man be worried about people making fun of you. This isn't Tiananmen Square. Uh, should that guy be dead, though? Uh, I would think so. Well, I mean, there's no track in the middle of the thing, and he, he it looked like it you know just like knocked him over, but I don't know, maybe I'm being nitpicky. You? <sighs> I'm trying to remember when I first saw I know I didn't see it at the theater. I think I just saw it when it came out on DVD or maybe it was HBO or something, but uh, I know at one point when I was watching it, um, I was at my in-laws once and it came on, and I remember my my father-in-law. We got to this part and he just was like, eh, "I don't think I want to watch this." <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, they didn't have tanks back then." I was like, oh, "That's okay. the That's point." Kind of the point, yeah, exactly. But you know, some people get it and some people don't. What else has Trevor Jones done? I'm trying to remember. Trevor Jones, um, let me think. Um, Did he do 13 I Days? want to say, I think 13 Days, and I think uh, I want to say Dark Crystal? Here's an unpopular opinion. I really don't like the Dark Crystal. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the Dark Crystal, but I don't really enjoy watching the film. Have you seen um, Sherlock Holmes' A Game of Shadows? Not yet. Alright, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but would you believe that it has the exact same plot as this movie? That wouldn't surprise me. Right down to the villain. It's a pretty basic plot, and the villain was kind of ruined for me. So, uh, now I want to watch it because I, I, I borrowed the movie, the first one, from a friend and, and never watched it. But Rachel was watching it on TNT one night. She seemed really engaged in the movie. So, we'll probably end up watching both together one day. Um, you know, it, Trevor do- Jones did do 13 Days. Um, I love that music. I'm not seeing here that he did Dark Crystal, though, so I could be wrong about that. That's so frightening. Oh, man, if he had a mustache, he'd be twirling it. Um, oh, he did do Dark Crystal. What I love about this is that even though they're not Nazis, the bad guys feel like Nazis. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with killing Nazis. I love that. See, I've heard people accuse this film of looking cheap, too, and I don't think that no. at all. I mean, sure, the computer effects look a little dated now, you know, almost ten years later, but, you know, let's look, you know, as much as everyone likes Terminator 2, those effects look dated now. 
oh, yeah. but still hold up in a weird way, if that makes any sense. I think the effects are awesome in this movie. I will never complain about a film that tells its expositions through floating headlines. I, that just adds to the comic book feel of it to me. What I really like, and it's a testament to this film, is that the scenes, uh, especially the one we're about to watch with Alan Quarterman getting recruited, for lack of a better term. This is all in Prague. Hmm. Okay? They just added the the mountain, whose name escapes me right now, uh, in the background with Still CGI. Now. Still, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I see Robert E. Lee and everybody else on the side of the thing, and there's a laser show. Um, (laughs) But um, directed by Stephen Norrington, who directed the first Blade film. Uh, And as I mentioned before, it was written by James Robinson, uh, who, you know, wrote Star... I almost said Sandman, that's Neil Gaiman. Uh, Starman, and, you know, he's kind of looked down on now, but there was a time where James Robinson's name was absolute gold. Right. And this was a time period where he wasn't working on comics as much and was working in Hollywood. He did his own movie called Comic Book Villains, which is kind of like the treasure of the Sierra Madre. I still need to see that. I've I've had that. I've had a copy of that forever and still have not watched it. When you do, we should do a commentary on it because I think... uh, I think in addition to just enjoying the film, we'll sit there and point out all the covers. (laughs) Be down for that. You know, there's something about a derby that's just awesome, and I don't know what it is. I think it's probably one of the few hats I could pull off. So. This whole setup is great. Yeah, I love this. Because if you're not paying attention, you really don't see Sean Connery in the background. My name is Sanderson Reed. I'm a representative of Her Majesty's British Government. I love the look of this club. It's great. But the question is... A bunch of British expatriates have found a pub to hang out in. Perhaps I should off, should I, Yes, of course, Nigel, you toddle off. Look at the knife in his freaking boot. <laughs> this man will kill you. The Empire is in peril. Um, apparently, at first, Sean Connery didn't really... <laughs> In the interview, he says, I, I didn't really fancy the film. I thought it was a bit tricksy. But, um, you know, I guess making him producer probably helped. Because that adds a couple zeros to the paycheck. And, and really, it's, you know, when you're, I guess if you're an older actor of Connery's caliber, you know, who is known really for playing one character, though he's had a great, rich career as an actor... You know, when you, when you get to be a certain age, I think you just pick projects that seem fun. And, I, and I'm just assuming that the script just appealed to him on some level eventually. And, you know, because he's obviously having a ball throughout this entire... Oh, yeah. I love that line about uh, sweating is what we yes. do. It's Africa, dear boy. Sweating is what we do. I think it's got some some actually re, you know real clever dialogue in it. Some of the lines are very funny. Yeah, I mean th- th- this whole conversation though is I really like because usually when they come to call the old hero out of retirement, you know the hero sometimes wants to do it, sometimes doesn't. 
this is played just right in the I don't want to do this anymore. Right. I've seen enough. I've done enough. And the only reason he really does it is that they kind of force him into it. So I'm trying to think of where I've seen this guy playing the agent that came to. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me we're out of uh, out of sync already. I don't know how we can be if we we're both watching the DVD. Automatic rifles. Who in God's name has automatic rifles? Most unsporting. I love that line. No, when he just shoots that guy in the face, I mean... It's, oh, it's, I know. It's pretty... There's, It's a very bloodless film, but there's a lot of really good action to it. Oh, yeah. The cuts on the action scenes are really good, too, to kind of create more impact. <laughs> it really looks like he belted that dude, too. It's mm -hmm. great. At least he didn't have a Schwarzenegger-esque line, you know, like, stick around or something stupid, you know. Hope you don't feel horny. <laughs> Our friend might have some information. It's like a joy buzzer attached to that thing. <laughs> I love this gun that he's got. Mm -hmm. I love this, the sound design in this is really good, too, because that, that gun makes the best sound when he shoots it. A little smirk. Mm -hmm. Did you mean to just wound him? Obviously. How? Got it. Stop him! I need information. Bloody poison. <laughs> you may have no love for the Empire, but I know you love Africa. A war in Europe will spread to its colonies. Whoops. So you left the stove on. <laughs> well, if you're if you're gonna get him it to uh, to get in, you know. <laughs> Everyone run towards the computer effect. <laughs> Excellent. Pack for an English summer. It just, uh, like I said, I'm just kind of uh, Hollywood magic is making a you know dusty little village outside of Prague, uh, which has a, a decidedly like 19th century look to it, anyways. But it looks like an African village. Now I've heard a lot of people 
be hung up on the fact that supposedly they misspell his name in this movie. Now, the book, I thought, because yeah, I recently finished reading the, the novelization, and the book actually explains, or, or at least attempts to explain, the misspelling of his name in the fact that, you know, there's, there's a little in-joke in the book about Quartermain himself complaining about the fact that people often misspell his name that it's it's actually not it's not quarter it's like quarter mean it's there's there's no r there between the the e and the m but then in this they show his son's grave and it's yeah. clearly misspelled on the grave so i'm not sure how you can explain that away i really love that we one there's been an obvious passage of time right which they 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 say in the dialogue uh with a reference to around the world in 80 days right. but also the whole look of the film uh, you know in africa it was very bright and sunny and now we're you know in london and everything's very dark and gray just beautiful where are we going this guy's so prim and proper it makes me want to punch him in the face <laughs> carrying that umbrella like uh, Was Australia still the place where England stuck its thieves at this time period? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. My knowledge of the history of Australia is shocking. I just, you know, ever since Lex Luthor took over, it's just, you know, about been the, completely rewritten. But the only thing I know is what you just said, that it, uh, one time it was a penal colony, and I do know that the first man who flew in Australia was Harry Houdini. Beyond that, I don't know nothing about no Australia. Known by many names, Mr. Quartermain. My underlings call me Sir. My superiors call me M. M. Just M. God, this is a beautiful set. So is that supposed to be former League members? Uh, I've always taken it, taken that the pictures are former League members. Yeah. I think the book mentions that too, if I'm not mistaken. But it's never specific about who they are. It just mentions that on the walls were pictures of you know former League members. But I always talked that thought, took this as being kind of a big fake out, considering right what eventually happens. Right. You know, but if you're going to sell it, that's the best way to do it. Um, the guy playing Nemo, whose name completely escapes me now, is apparently a big Bollywood actor. Right, yeah. And when they were on, you know, when they were wherever in Prague filming it, apparently there was an Indian restaurant where this guy was treated like absolute royalty. Uh, whenever they went to eat, uh, I love the fact that the musketeers are in there. Profit. Those machines are his creations. I uh, I love this guy that played. I love the take on Nemo in this. Oh yeah, I really like that they didn't go with the ah uh, oh, crap. The the actor's name's gonna escape me now. But the Nemo in the in the Disney version. You know, as much as I really enjoy the Disney version, much you know, like 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 your standard Disney adaptation, it's not horribly faithful to the original story. You know, it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. It's just not, you know, very faithful. That's not the point of it, you know. Right, exactly, yeah. But I like in this that they went very much for the feel of how Nemo is described, you know, in the original books and everything. Well, not only that, they make this kind of his redemption. I thought vampires didn't, you know, of course that could be taken before she was became a vampire, too, now that I think about it. 
Now, the uh, the gentleman with her is James Robinson. Oh, really? Yep. That's cool. No games, Some time ago, a talented, albeit misguided. There's figure out who the hell that guy is supposed to be there on the in that one picture. He kind of looks like. You see, our see, he looks like he's you wearing like a sad, you know, like the like the screamer. Is that the Phantom of the Opera? I guess it could be. Easy now, Alan. I mean, I'm feeling a bit of a draft in my nether regions, <laughs> and I must say, it's quite. I like Skinner in this too. Allow me to introduce myself. He was in Blade too. Oh, really? Yeah, he was one of the 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 re re not re reavers or the 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 blood pack. Well, you can imagine. See, I, you know, I don't see how anybody can fault the special effects in this when you see this part. That, that's just freaking awesome, man. Oh, when he's wiping the makeup on? Yeah. It's fantastic. And putting the, putting the jacket on and putting the makeup, uh, it's just incredible special effects. And the fact that you see the back of, you know, what's, what's literally behind him through the thing. Right. And, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the hot. Please tell me this is Harker's wife. God, she's with a sick note. Now, you know what's really funny? I was uh, I was looking to see what other things these people had been in because um, the only other, or the, the, you know, besides obviously Sean Connery, the only other person in this that, that I knew of something else that they had done besides this movie is Sawyer. Um, shortly after this movie, he became a regular on ER. Kicking us out already. And apparently yeah, another show he went on to after ER was a show called Nikita, which was a take on Le, Le Femme Nikita. Mm -hmm. She did the same thing. She was on a series called Le Femme Nikita. Yeah, that was a big series, too, and she was considered quite the sex symbol. Um, uh, yeah. uh -huh. I think what she's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I've always really liked her in everything I've seen her in. This is something else I heard a lot of people bitching about was the car. The car's awesome. Are you kidding me? I love this. I believe she is native to Australia, which is why she was in Superman Returns, but I could be misremembering that story. She also hosted right around the time this movie came out. Uh, if, if you watched that comic book Heroes Unmasked, Mm -hmm. special that the History Channel did. She did like a little intro to it oh, when it premiered. Uh, that you won't see. Oh, it, may, it might be on the DVD. I'd have to dig the DVD out. It's actually it's the only cha History I'm Channel DVD you. I've ever bought. None of your business. Now, you might know the, the truth on this one way or the other. I have heard that Sawyer was actually put into this movie by the suits. Is that, yeah, is that true? Yeah, they wanted... From what I understand, they wanted a character that had an American connection, because otherwise you have a bunch of British people and, and, and an Indian, you know, like teaming up together. Uh, it's it's one of the things that people say is bad is bad about this adaptation. I love Sawyer, dude. He, uh, you know, next to uh, next to Quartermain's probably my favorite character in this because. Uh, you know, normally I am not a fan of, of studio interference and all because usually their, their their decisions come down to being extremely idiotic and, and ill-conceived, you know, usually having to do with money or wanting to sell action figures or something mm -hmm. like that. In this particular case, 
I, I think it's a brilliant decision. I love the uh, the, the poster posters, with Alan yeah. Moore and Kevin O'Neill. Oh yeah, I never even noticed that before. You're right. I was focusing on the one about Mars. Yeah. Now see the book, the novelization to this ends very very differently than the movie. Oh wow! It actually okay. ends with the League being asked to reassemble because Mars is invading the Earth. And that was the sequel in the co- the comic book sequel was that, and I I would have liked to have seen that uh, with with you know obviously with Porterman coming back, but uh, you know it's <laughs> now we're introduced to Dorian Gray played by Stuart Townsend, who I'm not overly familiar with. He played Lestat in that awful Queen of the Damned movie. Ah. And he was also, I believe he was Lestat. Either that or he was Louis. Well, I've told him and I'm I telling you. hate Anne Rice, so yeah. I couldn't be bothered. And he was Kolchak in that very short-lived remake right. that ABC Television did. I think he's great. I really like him as an actor. He's very charming. I like him and, in this role. Most yeah, definitely. he's having a ball playing this character. Yeah, uh, Charming decor. Oh, you're missing a picture. This is a great Ray. little thing. And you don't noticing the yeah. missing picture. I love that. Absolutely love it. I love his library, dude. Dude, Still you replace some one. of those shelves with like a, uh, like places to hold short boxes. <laughs> but the short boxes would be have to be made out of the same wood that the shelf is, just to give it a classy look. But yeah. Yes, well, I've it seen looks like something an immortal would put together. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. This, this reminds me very, very strongly of uh, of uh, McLeod's inner chamber. In, oh yeah, in the Highland in the first Highlander film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you believe they're remaking that with Ryan Reynolds? Oh, for Christ's sake! Yeah, that's what I said, and I like Ryan Reynolds, but well, not for that. Doctor did bless me once. Why remake that? The movie's not even that old. Said, Dude, that movie's over 20 years old now. Uh, yeah, it's almost 30 years up. old. <laughs> I hate to say that because it hits us both pretty hard. But... I love that movie. The first oh. one, anyway. Uh, I, we got another commentary. Um, I'd be down for that. The the cost. I, I think I mentioned before how much I love the costumes in this film. Great. Oh, the the liquor going down is <laughs> yeah. so awesome. Just it, it's just one of those before. things that yeah, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because why do you see that and not other things? Because it it doesn't stick around, but. Uh, it's still a neat little movie effect. Well, it makes me wonder, you know, how how long would it be visible until it yeah. metabolizes, you know, that sort of thing. But I think that's because basically, if he eats, you're going to sit there and see chewed up food just floating in the air right. for what is it? an extended period of time. Ah, oh, I love these bad guys. I love that's a great shot right there. He's just oh. taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Definitely, he's he's Sorry. planning his he's planning his move. They're mine. But but I just love their armor. I love the capes, the the Jay Garrick First helmets meeting, they wear. Now I will give you that I think the Phantom looks like kind of crap. It's like Gene Simmons got caught in a fire 
It's it's Slow like Gene Simmons mixed with like Doom from the, the <laughs> Roger Corman Boy. Fantastic yeah, Four movie, you know. I was just looking at that. Yeah. He kind of he's not a very but I mean at the same rate that's kind of the point because when yeah, it, when you get to the big reveal you realize it was all smoke and mirrors anyway mm-hmm. so I, I can forgive that you know that he has kind of a wonky look. You know, it's funny. I've been tiptoeing against spoilers. I hope that people have watched the film before listening to the commentary. Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) But uh, this coming up scene is really what sold me on the movie. And when we get to the point where I was just like, oh, I love that he just winks at him. That is beautiful. Well, see, in the book, um, Quartermain had actually spotted Sawyer spying on them outside M's building. And so he was he had a feeling of who he was, you know, in going into this scene. And there it is. It that begins. Brilliant. Just throws that ladder around yep. you know, distracting them so he can get his gun. <laughs> I love Oh, he just generation. throws the liquor on his face yeah. makeup off. I love it. How can you say this isn't a smart film? Really, seriously. Oh, just gets his sword and love I I love the uh, the gunplay in there. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Some of the gunplay. smartest gunplay I've seen, and the the weapons. I love the the sound design is just brilliant. Oh yeah, I'm, you know, just you can really feel the punch, especially of the rifles. Mm-hmm. But, but of the handguns too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just how everything's looking and all the paper flying and it's just you know everything is so frenetic and you know it really has its own good internal continuity to it too here's here's where i was sold because i'm a big hand-to-hand kind of guy nemo kicks there yeah just and he's not a martial artist either he's a dancer and they just taught him the moves and he just he is just flying around and i love that now, who is this guy supposed to be? Because I get a feeling he's supposed to be a literary character, too, but I don't know who he is. And because, like, Nemo's right-hand man is Ishmael from yeah. Little Dick, but this guy, I think, is somebody, too, but I just can't figure out no who idea. he is. And to anybody out there who's like, how are they doing martial arts in the late 1890s? I don't care. It looks good. It's a, but yeah, you can take a trained dancer and, and have them effectively look like they know how to kick. I mean, someone. come on, Nemo's been all over the world, so I yeah. mean, it, it's conceivable that it, you know he spent time in the Orient or something mm-hmm. and learned all these moves. I mean, again, I mean, it just snaps that dude's neck. <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you know, to me that sort of that sort of criticism is like Wizard of Oz syndrome. You know, yeah. people that bitch about, you know, well, where did the bucket of water come from that Dorothy doused the witch with? It's the same sort of thing. You're going to buy an invisible man and a vampire lady and an immortal that can heal from anything, but you're going to question Nemo's ability to kick some ass? I mean, that just seems really silly to me. Really, if you're going to complain about anything in The Wizard of Oz, why don't, like Dennis Miller said, you have Dorothy look at Glinda and go, bitch, you had the power to tell me that three <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> So, you know, I've never, I never really put, you know, like thought about it consciously before, but you're right about the sound design of this film. Mm -hmm. Just all of the gunshots and how they pop off. It's great. 
What happened to Mina? Yeah, I have to pay attention oh, in the credits and see if it says who the sound designer is. I would not be surprised at all if this is a, a, a Ben Burt or you know some of his people worked on this. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Uh, now that you said, now if you're going to establish what she can do, this is a pretty smooth way to do it. I guessed as much. And this was another criticism of the film of the fact that she was like a full-out vampire. Who gives a shit? It works for me. It works for me up to a point, but I will say that if I have a complaint with any of the characters, it is Mina Harker because they're not consistent with vampire lore, which always makes me nuts. But again, I'm, I'm able to overlook a lot of it. I'm sorry that that I don't know if I've ever told you before of my thing for Mary Poppins, but she's like kind of the best of both worlds here. Because she's got that she's got that prim and proper, proper British woman thing, but you t- you let that hair down and it's all like woman. <laughs> so, and you are. I really like the dynamic between Mina and Tom Sawyer throughout this entire. Yes. Yeah. Um, because she's way out of his league, and he doesn't give a crap, which is what Tom Sawyer would do. I knocked out a straggler, and I took his place. Very. But just Tom Sawyer's outfit is awesome. That white button-down, the black vest. Oh, he's very much the Han Solo of the picture. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's a great way to do it to to say it too. I think you're going to really enjoy the book. I never in my lifetime thought I would ever recommend a Kevin J. Anderson book because I don't like him as a as an author. But it's not really so much about him as that you know he really did a, a, a nice adaptation of the of the whatever he was working from screenplay or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's got to be better than his Superman books, which were boring as crap. <laughs> well, you know it. There's just enough. In. extra insight there's just enough you know deleted scenes type of things and, and enough so, changes to, to keep your interest and keep you going through the book and one of the things i really like is like you say the dynamic between sawyer and uh, and mina by the end of that book you get the feeling that they're kind of coming together whereas she's very standoffish when they first meet and you know she keeps insulting him and everything there's there's a point at some point in the book where he seems like he's almost giving up on ever, you know, even being noticed by her, and she she remarks on that something about I didn't I didn't My fancy you as someone who would off. just give up, and so that makes him that much more intrigued to keep pursuing her. And by the end of it, it seems like they might actually be coming together. I liked that a lot because I like those two. The moment where she starts telling her story and the way and the cut that the the editing takes. It is this very dramatic, like, let me tell you my story thing. And right. every time I see it, I chuckle just because it's so over the top, but mm-hmm. still works so well. Right. Everyone does kind of get their moment, though, to, mm-hmm. to a degree. I think some of them could be flushed out a little better. A boat? Now, everyone stare at the light pole with the X on it. This may very well be my favorite scene of the entire movie. Oh, it sells the Nautilus. I love this. Just, I love the look on Sawyer's face. Just like, what the hell am I looking at? The the fact that it looks like a giant sword is just awesome. The ocean. 
I love the look of the Nautilus. I, you know, I love that they, they went a completely different direction from Disney. It's slightly reminiscent without, at, you know, there's no way that you can say, oh, they just, you know, ripped anything off or... I, I love it. This is great. I like how they tie Hyde into the murders of the room more. Well, this big monkey has terrorized the Now, what year was the uh, was the expo that uh, I have no idea, dude? I'm sorry. Tower, you know, came came into being because I just noticed that they had Eiffel Tower in the background. John left, Mr. Hyde. Well, felt it's Paris and it's a movie, so the Eiffel Tower has to be in there. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that the upcoming adaptation of Les Miserables, the musical, <laughs> is going to have the Eiffel Tower if in it. You can't do it with one bullet. Don't do it at all. That's a great line. Mm-hmm. Height is awesome, dude. I have to agree with Frank Miller. Trench coat is just like a cape. Mm-hmm. And when they're running along, and, he, and you know, you got Sawyer's, hot, uh, Sawyer's black trench coat flowing in the background. Uh, I'm with you on Hyde. I think, I think it really helped that they they had a live action suit to work with, and then just right. touched it up with CGI to make it look better. Right. Because it flows so much better than the Hulk did of the same year. And again, and the Hulk was heralded as, look at this great CGI, and I'm like, you know what, this movie did it better. I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sorry. Screw that. The Hulk had a chance, and it screwed up. Right. Um, I think the 2008 film did it better, and I think the Avengers damn near perfected how that character looks on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, But here, it's just really... (laughs) I think it's another one of those parallels between this movie and the Avengers is that, you know, a lot of the best moments are the most... Uh, you know, visually exciting moments of the Avengers are when the Hulk gets to come out and play. It's the same way in this movie. When Hyde shows up, you know, you know the shit's hit the fan, you know? Holy crap, that's sexy. Not Stuart Townsend, Mina Harker. I was gonna say, dude. Yeah, that came out just a couple seconds too late for me. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's something about that prim and proper British... Hello, Damn it. She's blood-sucking Mary Poppins, dude. There ain't nothing wrong with that, and I'll fight any man who says different. Speaking of which, isn't she one of the characters in in Volume 3 of the League? I believe so. Mary Poppins? I have no idea. I think so. That'd be funny if she was. I think she is. I could be wrong. I haven't read it, but somebody on Facebook the other day was telling me some details about it. Oh. He's scratching my better me than him <laughs> you guys just stand around and let me knock you all over the place yeah I was about to say I, I don't understand the, what these guys are going for here so terrible that you fled the country He's just pacing back and forth like the caged animal yep. government is willing to look at the size of him he's awesome and it's all done with smoke and mirrors which is the great thing about it you want to go home. Home. Home, 
is where the heart is. Now, I will say this. I really like the Hulkness of this hide. Mm-hmm. But there was a BBC series called Hyde where the guy changed from Jekyll to a Hyde character that he really didn't change all that much and it was just as effective. But for this film, the high adventure aspect of it, you needed to have a larger-than-life version of Hyde. Whoa. Ow. That's spit <laughs> flying out of his mouth. You wait to see my next one. This transformation sequence is amazing. I'm never a hundred percent on whether I like it though. It uh, it looks really cool visually and all, but the way they do it with like. You know, like little poofs and you know he'll be in different stages after each one is a little bit strange yeah, it's the 2003 version of Bill Bixby of uh, Luperino turning back to Bill Bixby so. right I like the fact that he has to hold up his pants when he stands back up it's uh, I guess it could be interpreted as um, as almost like Panels, you know what I mean, like panels yeah. of a comic. The 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 flashes in between the changes, but they do it each time he changes. They do it that way, and it's it's just a little bit weird that they don't show an actual it, metamorphosis. It looks weirder underwater. I'll I'll, I'll say that that right. was the one part of the film where I'm like, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. So but the uh, the conference. We have three all right, the dots say yeah. this. <laughs> can this can you do that? You underestimate. <laughs> you know what's kind of amazing about the uh, Shane West who plays Tom Sawyer is that he's got that kind of 2003 young actor look about him. And every once in a while, it comes through, but he really embodies, you know, this character. Oh, I think so. I think he's great as so. He's got that just kind of aw shucks, you know, you know, like midwesterner or you know, southern Midwest you know, all-American boy thing going for him. I just I just hated that they cut out the scene where he tricks them all into painting a, painting a fence for him. I, <laughs> it's just like, you know, that's just a damn shame. I wish that they had gone into what the book goes into, which is his, whole, his motivation for it. Because he just kind of, he shows up and just kind of joins the league in this, but you never really, of all the characters, his is the story you never really get, and in a lot of ways is the most interesting to me, because in the book, he's doing this to avenge the death of his best friend, um, Huckleberry Finn, who was killed by the Phantom. So that's his beef with the Phantom through the whole thing, and I think that that would play really well on screen and I don't the only thing I can think of is maybe they couldn't get the rights to the name Huck Finn either that or they just they wanted a punchier action more action oriented film and 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 you're right it would have added a great character (laughs) I love how he just pats him on the shoulder with that patronizing look yeah he is an ass too (laughs) Captain Nemo. See, this this was one of my issues with Mina, is that is this not broad daylight? Well, to be fair, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, they could go out into the sunlight. Oh, really? 
Yeah, they, they if you they they make a point of that in the very boring and makes me want to shoot myself. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, because uh-huh. uh, he goes out in the day. Um, that was a I I'm not as well versed in vampire lore as like my wife is, for example. Uh, but yeah, I remember in that movie he was out during the day and somehow it it worked. It's foundations. Because I don't think they were the poof into a pile of dust vampires with so the uh, the sun. Hmm. I wonder when that came along then. It's probably <laughs> this is a great scene too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a quiet scene too, but just, <laughs> just turns out the light. Easy. Poor Sean Connery has to grab at nothing and. I want you dressed, at, dressed all at all times. Or it's my boot up your ass. <laughs> or it's my boot up your ass. I love it. <laughs> it reminds me of my grandfather. This is a great little scene, too. Yeah. Quartermain and, Quartermain and uh, Nemo. I can offer you a yeah. jacket if you require. Well, they finally kind of come together and... Uh, and, and, and he apologizes. And yeah. Contribution so far. Because yeah. they're really cut from the same cloth when you really think uh, about it. They're two yeah, old guys kind of at the end. Yeah, very much so. Um, so, kind of like the elder statesman of the uh, of the team. Well, there's a nice parallel scene later in the movie, you know, that calls back to this too that I really, really like. What are you? Oh, I don't believe in ghosts, although I've seen my share. Your past haunts you. You can kind of see these guys becoming. Like the Kirk and Spock of the team, you know what I mean, or the or the Superman and Batman of the team type of thing. And at the very least, these are the kind of guys that would share a beer together, like right. at the end of the day, kind of thing, where they just sit there because they've probably both seen it all. So, right. And you know, Hyde can't do that because he's caught up in his own thing. Mina's caught up in her own thing. You know, everyone's pretty much out for themselves almost except for these guys I was trying to think of an Avengers parallel but that that's something that I didn't quite get with the Avengers yet anyway is is the two of them being like chums you know what Bruce I mean? Banner and, and Tony Stark Not all I left. that that dynamic with them was great yeah, that's yeah that's okay because I got the sense at the end of that film they climbed into Tony Stark's okay. uh car and went and played in the lab for a couple so, hours before you know he went uh, far, of course back to you know walking the earth like came from kung fu with a joe harnell now i was very this is proud a good of scene. My, yeah this is a really Hello? good scene i was proud of myself the first time i saw this movie that i figured out who had been on the bridge but for a completely different reason because that dust something? or whatever it is that, that no. Nemo found just why turns out to be life. something different from what I thought it was. What, what I thought it was was, remember the scene a little bit ago where uh, where Dorian got shot? Oh, yeah. And the stuff I was, like, dribbling out of him? Hello? That's what I thought that was on the on the floor of the, of the bridge. How awesome are Tom Sawyer's two six-shooters there? <laughs> He's wearing them like the Shadow wears them, too. Yes. I have to buy that DVD so we can do that commentary too. We're teasing so many freaking commentaries; it's not even funny. I really want to do the the shadow. 
That sounds mm -hmm. like a long ride to work for you. I love that movie. I just want to watch it again. Yeah. Great score. Oh, the surround in that is awesome because, like, the scene where he's on the bridge right at the beginning of the movie, everywhere. it was everywhere around the room. If you watch it in surround sound, it's great. It goes just goes from speaker to speaker around the room. It's After cool. That, I washed my hands. And I have five point one surround sound, so that'll be nice. The it's not set up the way it should be, but I'm not on it now. Obviously, quarter. I'm sitting here watching this on my computer. Yeah, <laughs> but I have a nice twenty inch monitor, so it looks good. This is a nice scene of these two coming together. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's Would a sad scene, and, and Sawyer just blows it right there at the end. Yeah. Um, but it, but still, it's it's nice, because it is the old and the new guard, you know, like you said, coming together and, and connecting for the first time. And I love that he just insults his shooting style, too. And he's, and he's kind of right. That is a very American thing to do, to come in guns blazing, so... I can't fault the the script there. Look at that goddamn gun, man. It's a yeah. cannon. It's awesome. <laughs> Aim. That's easy. Hello for wind target That movement. gun is huge. Yeah, that's easy too. This is the part that's not. See, I liked this guy so much and and I liked his acting style and the and the role he plays here so much yeah, that it actually kept me watching ER long past really? the point where I should have gave a crap about that show. Take your I was just about ready to give up on it when he joined the cast. I was like, oh well they got Tom Sawyer, now I gotta keep watching this show. Again. Did you teach your son to shoot like this? Yep, he just said the wrong thing. Yeah, and Quartermain's not really of the age to give a shit about being tactful, so. And he knows it. Really good facial expression there from Shane, from Shane West of yeah. realizing that he's screwed up. Yeah. So. God, I love the sets of this movie. Isn't that beautiful? It's just, it's... It, and it's probably a lot of, you know, like, smoke and mirrors, too, but uh, but it still looks good, and, th and that's the important part. I Here's like, a scene that people watched and probably wondered, what the hell is he doing? Right. <laughs> I liked Mina's observation about him, you know, being a man that worships death. I thought that was a very, again, a good piece of dialogue. Mina who worships death? It's one of those things about the film that I think people forget. I think people kind of get lost... In their hatred, and and you know, I'm guilty of that as well with certain films. So I'm not going to sit here on like you know on a high horse and say that you know I'm so much better than everybody else. But with this film in particular, I like it so much. I've watched it dozens of times. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, every once in a while, I'll just take out the DVD, I'll watch the movie, and then watch all the special features too, because the interviews and watching how they made the film is amazing. I'm identifying. Uh, you know, because they were. <laughs> It's it didn't have the largest budget, but they made do with. Oh gosh, she looks so sexy in those glasses. God, he is such a scumbag. <laughs> He's the kind of guy that you just want to punch in the face on general principle. <laughs> My 
was surprised you ultimately joined. I like his character a lot in this movie, though. I really do. Yeah, when he makes his turn, I was actually a little upset. Because I liked him. And I didn't want that. He'd make a really good shade at this point, now that I think about it. Yeah. He reminds me an awful lot of, uh, of Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's got a... Too. Yeah, he's good. Uh, I could easily see Depp stepping into this role, as a matter of fact. Although yeah. The picture is my portrait. <laughs> I'm not a stalker, I promise. I thought you recognize the face upon it. Hyde li- Jekyll likes to watch. Dorian Gray likes that Jekyll likes to watch. When did you last see it? Of all the ones that... Uh... I dare not look upon it myself. That give their little origin story soliloquy. I think his is the best delivery, though. Well, just that look on his face when he realizes that the painting's gone is 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 pretty horrific, and I think works quite well. That scene doesn't quite make sense, though, because how does he know the picture's gone if he can't look at it? Okay, you just poked a hole in it that I didn't see before, and now I feel kind of foolish because you're absolutely right. Just a small. You know, you gotta think that uh, spontaneous sex in this time period must have been so inconvenient with all of the clothes that they wear. I mean, he's in a three-piece suit. She's probably got, like, 16 layers of clothing under there. Yes, Henry. Look, don't touch. That's I'm, a, way. I'm allowed to watch. The doctor said I was allowed to watch. This is great. Oh, how he sees the face? Yeah. yeah. Just a neat little... And the shadow is high, too. Who's lying now? You want it even more than you want. Uh, I love uh, what Nemo says to him here in a minute. Yeah. She barely even looks at you. Be quiet. She looked at me. Look at how committed he is. His face is. I don't have the brute free upon my ship. Must I take drastic steps? I love Nemo. Must I take drastic steps? Your talk is all well and good, sir. But your own past is far from laudable. Hardwood floors in a submarine. It's awesome. Well, it's kind of like uh, more than just a simple submarine. Right. So. I mean, if it floods, they're screwed. But, uh... <laughs> if I didn't know better... They do a really good job of painting how haunted he is yeah. until he comes to terms with himself. So it's clear with Da Vinci's blueprint. Now I know that you know I realize that the Hulk spun out of uh, you know Jekyll and Hyde as an inspiration, but I love that this is very much playing on the Hulk dynamic right yes. back. I'm afraid that's not the sum of our problems. His outfit is good. Uh, Hyde's, uh, I mean, Jekyll's outfit is really cool as well. Yeah. Are you sure? Who else? You've seen the way the sneaky blackguard operates. I wonder which, uh, you know, where he's finding a clothesline to steal new clothes from, though. 
He has to put like a couple pounds in the <laughs> in the clip. That is so cool. We're just gonna park here. Everybody remember. <laughs> we're in lot 4B. So, uh... Now we're gonna be doing some... This this is the sticking point for a lot of people, too, is that, you know, the way they present Venice is not really how Venice is, but... It's one of those moments where I go, you know what, I just don't give a crap. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I like that, you know, eventually they get to a point where they can't go any deeper in. Because there was a point where I started to question, you know, Jesus, how big are these canals, you know? Yeah. And the, it, it does come to a point where they, you know, they acknowledge that they've kind of shallowed out and they can't go any further. chewing people's ears. I apologize, folks. I think they're they're going for a uh, you know the romanticized version yeah. of these cities, which I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, see, this isn't the type of film that I go to for its realism. Right, exactly. You know, I there are times where I like a good turn your brain off action film. You know, usually I like action films that are going to engage me on one level or another. Um, but really, I didn't come to this film because, you know, Norrington did all kinds of research into, you know, the, the, the history and how and the, the historical nature of the film. These people, the, the characters are larger than life. The world they are going to inhabit is going to be larger than life as well. It only makes sense. You know, there wasn't a submarine in this time, like this in this time period either, especially one that was this large and that had hardwood floors. Right. So, you know, you really got to pick your battles. You know. That's great. Yeah, I do love the underwater guys. I mean, again, so reminiscent of the Disney version, but just different enough that they can get away with it. You know, I, I really like that. It's a damn shame this never got a good action figure line. I, it's funny you should say that because I was just, uh, we, we were talking about something else, but I was thinking that earlier and I meant to comment on it that uh, I wish that there had been a toy Nautilus from this. Bloody carnival. Like a, like a Nautilus playset or like yeah. a Nautilus Hot, Hot Wheels sized toy or just something because I really like the design of the Nautilus. In that, you know, like, like say, like a, a, you know, like an action figure line, like you said, but you know, the playset would be the Nautilus, and then you could also buy the car, you know, as a, as a the car, a yeah, the, the little pod that pops off yeah. the back of the Nautilus, yeah. Oh, I could, Kenner, Kenner yeah, needed to get on that. I could totally see a nice styrofoam rock that just missed, uh, <laughs> missed Quartermain in that one part. That would have really bonked me on the head. <laughs> I could launch a rocket and take out the domino. Well, that's ridiculous. We'd Sawyer's just... There would be no room for error. But Enough talking. What are you talking about? Gray's right. I'm an immortal, sir, not a gazelle. I'm an immortal, not a gazelle. That's a great line. Glad that you learned to drive stick. Somewhere. Glad somebody left the keys in it. Care for a spin? See again, this is something right? I hear people bitch about, and it's like I don't, I don't care. I, I love this; it's awesome. It's it's a fantastic scene. It's just, it's a running gun battle. 
Were there not cars in 1899? I thought there were. What what the hell year did the car nothing like this? Why well, no nothing you know nothing that's you know got a V8, but still. You know. <laughs> that thing got a Hemi in it. You're about to find out. Here you go. <laughs> Straight ahead, then turn left. No, no, take a right. Much money, Penny. You must I had to say. Left to get ahead of the car. You must turn left. You must turn left. Smell this. <laughs> You need your creeper strip bucket around with him. That's right now. All of all the people in the UK are cringing at our Sean Connery. He's just running through all the uh, the pillars. I love it. Doesn't even slow the thing down. This is a really cool scene. Part of the sequence. Yes. <laughs> Tune gunning it right. Uh, Sit down, you fool! I can't drive this thing. That's great. She's like really hot for him right now. You can see it in her eyes. Oh yeah. These men are mine. These men are mine. This is awesome. I think this looks badass. Did you see what she just did? Keep your eyes on the bloody road. What road? Road where we're going. We won't <laughs> yeah, I don't need road. <laughs> God damn, I love that car. It's great. Dude, the Batmobile should be this awesome. It was in the first person, second person film. I think they didn't get the Batmobile right since then. Except in the animated film, animated series. Yeah. Which actually looks a lot like this car when you really think yes. about it. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it so much, because it does. It looks a lot like the uh, the first Batman the animated series Batmobile. You're right. I hadn't even thought about that, but it definitely does. It's got that, like, retro... What do they call it? Uh, like, like uh, not quite Art Deco, but you know what I mean. Like that retro... Yeah, it was, it was like everything else of, of that series, and it was something that was really... I, I don't, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it kind of carried over from the Flash television series, where everything kind of, you know, there were contemporary cars, right. but everything kind of had a timeless feel, timeless, so you could yeah. have a specific period. You know, it's like they have computers, on, but all the TVs were black and white events in the Fox series, at least. So. Remember the flare. I'm off. Everybody just dives out of the car like it's only going like five miles an hour, and he's supposed to be hauling ass. That is a little bit weird. <laughs> Love how the camera went forward a little, like zoomed in on him just to make it look a little more intense. Yeah. This is a great sequence. Get out of my way! <laughs> We stay. we stay. I like that part too. Look, I've, I've worked for crazy captains before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He has overtaken the collapse. Be ready to launch. I said launch, not launch. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> Gotta get the far out space nuts quote in there whenever I can. That's a great... Oh, oh yes. Jesus, I love that. That is awesome. 
Oh, I hate when that happens. Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> Bravo, boy. <laughs> Bravo, boy. Okay, I'm a little sore. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Good thing I had my seal. Wait a minute, they haven't been invented yet. Seatbelt probably would have killed him in that thing. <laughs> He's done it. What did you do? You just blowed up Tom Sawyer. You suck my battleship. Son of a bitch, this is the worst game of risk ever. See, all these people should start cheering at this point. You go, God damn, this is the best party I've ever been to. Yeah, they are upper crust like aristocracy in the late 1800s this, they probably would look at it as kind of a so you ever see the movie The Patriot still mm -hmm. with Mel Gibson when they blow up the ship off the North, North Carolina coast where the party is taking place and the one woman is like oh it's fireworks come out come out wherever you are you see, I will admit that hmm? this setting in particular really kind of took me out of the scene because you know we had all that kind of uh, the styling of the, the you know the the ivy and everything just doesn't look like anything else we've seen of of this Venice. I mean it's it's right. a great set. It just is like where where the hell did they go? Now, now all of a sudden it feels like they're in Louisiana. Yeah. As much so. as I have really 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 loved the Trevor Jones score up till now, I would totally give it all up for Doom. During this part, I think that'd be awesome. Mr. Gray, what happened? Misadventure. Have the others returned? You're the first. Hopefully not the last. I really feel bad for Skinner. Ishmael. Yeah. Skinner? No. Me. That is a very James Bondian gun. Yeah, it was a golden gun, wasn't it? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Ow! But you're absolutely right. It does look like they're in a uh, like a graveyard in Louisiana. Yeah. Like outside of New Orleans in this scene. <laughs> you? I'm trying to figure out where I've seen this actor before. And I just, I can't place him. Ow! I always run when I have a knife in my back. Though anybody that's had like a pinched nerve, I'm sure it's a similar feeling. The Phantom is M. And the hunt is still on. I love the fact that uh, Jekyll is tending is to the wounded. Yeah. Like he's falling back on his medical training. Very David Banner. One of the others. Dorian's missing in action. And Mr. Skinner? And another one of her outfits that my wife would absolutely love to have. He'll live to fight another day. Apparently my wife would want knee-high boots. Don't worry. I've had my <laughs> throats for this evening. She... <laughs> I like that. You know, it's a good thing that Ishmael showed up because the sexual tension right there was pretty freaking <laughs> palatable. <laughs> Someone was going to yell, get a room, and that's all I'm going to say. Grace tricked us all. 
But but I think it's kind of a either I'm sentimental and overly emotional, but you know we 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 saw like very little of this guy, but in Nemo's expressions and the way they set the scene yeah. up, it, it's really you know his him dying is very sad. And oh, <laughs> he's the uh, Colson of the picture. Yeah. Now I love this. I, I wonder if this comes from the actual book or not, or if this is an it's original gotta, idea. It's, it's got a Kevin O'Neill look what to it. Also. Yeah. My exploration yeah, the Nautiloid is. That's a cool idea. And I love the propulsion system on this thing. The spinning thing. Yeah, yeah it's like an egg beater or something. It's just yeah, it's great. No, I, I just... And this is a neat little effect, too. Yeah. I love how it it's distorted and not clear and looks like you're I looking at, like, a movie of it. it. Right. That is very cool. That is really neat. Oh, the music is just so driving right mm -hmm. here. You broke Venice. And the submarine, like, swims, too, you know? It, it's not just being propelled through the water. It's almost like it's like it's weaving through the water like that a fish. Us. Now, we're about to have a that serious, like, exposition info dump scene soon. that I am totally <laughs> engaged in every time I see it. Right. Just a little shaken. Damn, she's hot in that outfit. Nemo? I brought your pizza, sir. It's not delivery. It's dessert. <laughs> Captain, the noise came from this. It's a record, dumbass. Noise comes from all of them. I was about to make a very inappropriate joke. I've decided against it. <laughs> okay. Something about a convenience store. Recording. How are you doing? I like the fact that this You're is a recording, it. and yet they're treating it like he is being filmed. Right, yeah. That's just kind of funny. As you know by now, I'm no loyal son of the Empire. In fact, my loyalty to Mr. M comes in no small part from his possession of something I hold very dear to my heart. Something I would do anything to regain. You are right. My ears hurt. It's nothing. Everything so far has been misdirection. Sanderson Reed, the assassins in Kenya, your recruits. Does this plot hold up under close examination, though? Not really. There is no need. There never was. It was a ruse to get me closer to my goals. I mean, I, I guess it does, but. I don't know. Well, it, it's as good a plot as any. I mean, you know. It, it, We're all others today. I mean, the idea that the League was brought together so that he can steal their abilities and technology and stuff, I, I can kind of see it, but why, why Quartermain? What, what does he bring into that that's, that's clonable or usable in any way? And he was the first one that they recruited. And all the while, I'll connect you. Because no one else could get these people together? I mean, if well, one, they were hunting Hyde. So you needed uh, the game hunter that's, yep. for that. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. 
Jekyll's potion. And all, all things being equal, he is the one that mm. could keep this like group in line. He so, and we let him. If you fail to save Venice, I mean, you can kind of. I mean, if we really he sat here and examined it, we could poke some holes yeah, into it. Small but, price uh, to pay for great to go about his talk. I'm serious, dude. I am. I am so talk. anxious for you to see. The second Sherlock Holmes movie with uh, with Downey in it because I'm telling you it is the exact same plot. I couldn't believe it. I was watching that movie with my wife and I just started laughing and she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I said, "I just I feel so vindicated right now." It is exactly the same plot. I mean, granted, you know the the league is not in it naturally, but it is the same. It, it's it's uh, Moriarty setting the great powers against themselves so that he can benefit from an arms race. It, it is the exact same plot. I mean, I was I was literally stunned when they got to that part of the movie. Isn't that also the plot of Superman 4? <laughs> I loved the shot. Just this whole thing of showing where all the bombs are is amazing. Right. It's and very, it also gives uh, you, I'm it sorry. gives you the immensity of the Nautilus. Right. Those quick zooms like that, they're, it's very uh, like uh, like uh, Evil Dead 2 or something. Yeah. I really like that, though. Oh, shit. I hate when that happens. Somebody left the toilet overflowing. <laughs> Damn it, Johnson! Why'd you have to have that bratwurst for dinner? We have to stop Yeah, no kidding. We're taking in too much water. The controls are not responding. Primary engine room almost full. F bulkhead is open. Pump valves are I'm obviously not Indian. Greater good, we must seal it. Yeah, we're coming up on the one high transformation that I just didn't care for at all. It's like one of my few problems. Now, if he was David Banner, he'd be changing right there. But, you know. What are you talking right. about? He's got to drink the formula. Right. Together. I do like this part, though. I love the music in this part, too. As far as his character is concerned, it's a little... One of my few quibbles with the film is I think Hyde turns good a little too easily. But... It has to happen. So, right. There, there's no other choice. I, I don't know. I, I both agree and disagree at the same time, if that makes any sense. Because I don't see this so much as him turning good, is that he wants out. He wants to get. You know, he wants to be let free, or you know, set free, and and this is how he can do it. But at the at the end of this scene, when he comes smiling back, it's just like I know oh, you look like a man who's come to terms with himself. And Hyde seems very satisfied to play the hero. That's this. true. So I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it, that it ruins the film for me. No, but it's just one of those like, yeah, okay. <laughs> also, to show that I don't have like rose tinted glasses when it comes to this movie, but right. Again, I don't really care. There are some films that I will defend to the death, uh, just simply for what they are. While I don't care for that transformation sequence, once it's completed, yeah, it looks looks bad. Good. It's a portion of the soundtrack I really, really like a lot too. 
Well, it's got it, it, it just builds nicely. But look, I mean, just the smile on his face, he is just. <laughs> Every man has a job to do. That's great. It's just slicing up through the water as yeah. possible. You know, most miniature effects on water, like in the old battle pictures and stuff, look shit. You know, they, they, yeah, look, they do look like, like crap. And that looks completely authentic, I believe. Sir, I got some bad news. The foosball table's a total loss. <laughs> Let's not make a saint out of a sinner. That's a great this time. He may not be so helpful. Great line. Can we uh, still follow Grace? I just love of a sinner. Just love the little self-satisfied well, we grin he has. Right. And I love that Sean Connery's entire like no. good job was just a thumbs up. Right. If has any ideas to the contrary, that gives us an edge. We're getting a signal. It's an SOS from the RMS Titanic, sir. Should we ignore it like all the other ships? Skinner? So badly I want to hear just one of these guys say something about the Slurpee machine, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> no, whizzing the Jews! Thank you. Come on. Follow my lead. Did you ever see uh, Encino Man? No. Oh, dude! It's a Polly Shore film, or Polly Shore's you, in it. You so. got, you gotta just, you, you gotta get over that fact. It is still a really, really good movie. Because uh, Brandon Fraser is just awesome in that movie. He's good in most movies, I've found. Yeah. Underrated actor. Very. Probably because he's taken some crap roles. But... Yeah. I, I, I always felt bad for him that he didn't go on to be bigger and better. Because I, I thought he deserved to be, you know? Again, it's just great to to see High, I mean, Jekyll doing, his, you know, practicing his craft, basically. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over the sound of her butt. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I was distracted by the hotness. This is an interesting way to show where they are. Yeah. They're chasing him. That's a little clever little visual Captain? gag, for lack of a better term. I love, like, the ornateness of everything on the Nautilus. You know, everything's carved and looks like it's made out of pewter or something. It's really neat. The only way that would have been better is if they went, where do you want to go, Captain Nemo? And he goes, go! And he points that way. Out there. That away. Little Indiana Jones here. Empties out into the frozen lakes of Mongolia. Virtually inaccessible to outsiders. On a very personal note, I find vistas like this to be very, very peaceful. Mm -hmm. Always have. I would love to visit an area like this at some point when it's just calm and quiet and full of ice. Because holy shit, it has been hot in Georgia this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can't complain to you. You live in Orlando where it's hot all the time. <laughs> You're all deserted. Why deserted? Hey, it's Carthage. Uh, sir, the map yeah, painting no, just no. lit up. <laughs> See, the, the, this is another 
uh, wave, the action figure line could have benefited. They had the Arctic gear. I mean, oh, yeah. Throwing a probe it. droid and a turret. Oh, I, so um, say I would love somebody to go. That's it. The rebels are there. And it'd be great for Nemo and, and Sawyer to be the one. And, and Nemo stands up and goes, Rah! Oh, look, they, they totally have their Hoth gear on, man. It's awesome. This is where Skinner signaled in meet God, I hope they're making something, like, worth it. Oh, I totally want to see them ride into battle on Tauntauns now. <laughs> Hide on a Tauntaun would be awesome. The least subtle scene in the entire film. <laughs> but a nice one. I like it. Skinner. Yeah, I like this. Isn't that a Marvel character? White Tiger? Yeah. Yeah. There's a subtle joke. <laughs> so subtle, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> nice kitty. Some things you just don't shoot. It's pretty. Yeah. It's not hurting you, just let it go. It's kicked a lot of ass to get where it is. <laughs> scene was a, a little more dynamic in the book. It was nothing. I wonder if the snow is digital in some of these parts. Pretty sure it is. Because <laughs> wouldn't you? Get a grip, man. Well, I thought I just did. Again, look at the snow just yep hitting his body and melting. Yep. remind you, I am naked in the snow. I can't feel any of my extremities, and I mean any of them. <laughs> he was really funny in Blade 2 as well. I really liked him in that ship. film. I guess I gotta I see those movies one of these days. That's Those are one of the I few Marvel movies I still have never seen, cause, just because I really had zero interest in them. Um, The first one's a good kind of rollicking action film. Uh, the second one is more of a horror movie. Uh, but still has some really good action. The third one is more of a Night Stalkers film. It's the Droid Factory. Yeah. <laughs> pieced together when the factory. And look, here's Anakin and Padme running through the factory. <laughs> the worst That's cool. Come. You kind of want them, like, like them all to take off on rockets at the same time, like in the Rocketeer. Dude, commandos the works. Not alloy. It's eight for now. What about the kidnapped scientists? Emma holds her family's hostage. <laughs> After this is all over, we're gonna race them. Children die. <laughs> Monstrous. I like that the fact that they got some red shirts with the them. Scientists are forced to work <laughs> night and day to make new versions of us. Invisible spies, an army of hides, vampiric assassins. M leaves for Europe today with a sample case. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Scotty, and Ensign Expendable. <laughs> it's like into the early, uh, early Family Guy. It's like Kirk, Spock, and Ensign Ricky. Oh, dang! <laughs> Guess who's not coming back? There's someone needs to blow that place to hell. 
And I am least likely to be seen. Skinner, I didn't know that you were such a barefaced liar. All that time pretending that you weren't. Skinner not look a lot like Shut Bono, up, or is that just me? Well, besides, yeah, a little Grant Morrison like too. Me, and I'll lose the franchise. No. I'm trying to remember. Does he? Does he? Uh, he dies in this, doesn't he? Yeah. He must take. He just gets burned. Oh, so he doesn't die? I don't think he dies. Okay. He's at the end. Is he? No, I'll handle him. I forgot. No. Because I thought that was a departure in the book, because in the book he doesn't die, and I was thinking that he did die in this. Because I remember the the scene where he's all burned up and everything. Do you mind? Oh, this is great. <laughs> this clocks him. Ow. Boy, are you guys screwed. <laughs> in return for the league, that was our deal, and I'm glad to see you honor it. So what now? I'm glad in this, like, industrial factory from the late 19th now. century that they have this very ornate and opulent <laughs> office. I was thinking that uh, those exact words, ornate and opulent, yes, and he's in the middle of friggin' <laughs> nowhere. The future become history. <laughs> Well, you got to bring a little bit of home with Empires. you. That must have been. Oh, that must no. have cost a fortune to, to FedEx all that you shit up there. I mean, think of like you know, you're 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 the Titanic expert. Think of all the things people used to travel around. Oh, yeah. to have a piece of home. So yeah, they're going on a simple, you know, simple transatlantic voyage and still have to take like eighteen trunks with them. And yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Thing is, guns wife, are cool looking. Well, we, we kind of pack like that wherever we go, too, but just because we don't like using other people's sheets. <laughs> My wife has skin allergies, so we never know what they use for detergent, so it's either that or she gets a rash. When did she have time to curl her hair? Yeah, I was about to say, she, it's really nice that she. Nemo has a curling iron on board. Them. Yeah. He thinks of everything. It's naturally frizzy. She, well, no, she just electrocuted herself for a couple of seconds. See, just... I like that scene right there. Yeah. It's very subtle. Nobody says anything stupid. It's, you know, it's not a little hurrah, Jeez, you know, three musketeers moment. It's just a just simple, like, you know. We're all in this together. Let's, yep. let's, get, let's, let's acknowledge that and move on. Yeah, that's great. Very love, subtle. Love the shout out. Just love them running along with their trench coats billowing out behind them. Hey, didn't we visit this place in uh, Lord of the Rings? That thing with the pillars and all that? I think there's a shot just like that in Lord of the Rings. They go down in, like, the elf caves or whatever the hell you call it. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, so. me too. I'm actually surprised I even made that reference. I stopped it snoring? Yes, I'm going to stop it. She she got bored with the movie. I just didn't know if it was you or. The... No, I'm I'm awake. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> you see sticks of floating dynamite every day. The best part of that is he's just a little guy, too. 
Yeah, and he just, just walks in and knocks them both on their ass just right away. And there's Padme. No, it's not. Yay, she survived. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Dude, I would not want to walk around butt-ass naked where there's sparks and stuff. I'm sorry. I, I, I got enough sense of self-preservation for that. like that freeing the prisoners scene in uh, X2. Yeah. <laughs> Stop he that! Got <laughs> you know, Nemo's outfit does look like it's the Hoth outfit. Yeah, it does. It looks like Han's Hoth outfit. <laughs> right. It does. Yeah, it's funny as hell. It's quite the place. Potion, the vampire's blood. And I needed to shave because that mustache was such a distinguishing feat. <laughs> oh, he's got the training card set. Awesome! <laughs> it's mint in the box. Okay, that was a little cheesy, but it works. I think it's Captain Nemo and his men. The prisoners are escaping. How many times do I have to what kill the hell? Make this the last. <laughs> That's the look on his face. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that was awesome. Do, 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 do. All right, we're clear. I love the way he walks. Crazy bastard. Why don't they just shoot, uh, hide in the fingers? I was thinking the exact same thing. Is he bulletproof? I don't think he is supposed to be. be bulletproof. No, seriously, take him on one at a time, because that always works. Care what anybody says. Guy wearing an outfit like that, doing a good roundhouse kick, looks awesome. Okay, why didn't you just pull the trigger right there? Right. James Moriarty, the so-called Napoleon of crime. That man died at Reichenbach Fort. He died, and I was reborn. Got a little roundabout uh, reference to uh, Sherlock Holmes there with the Reichenbach Falls. That's about as close as we get. All that in the name Moriarty. But... Those look like spirit photographs in the background. That's kind of cool. That Hello, is some... I'm sexy. Yeah, <laughs> that is some outfit. I'm a dandy. <laughs> You're alive. It's possible I can't die. Same could be said uh, sword canes were rather popular at the time. I wonder who That's won best costuming the year this movie was out. 
No idea. It at least deserves a mention. Thanks. I wonder if it won any awards at all. Probably, Probably not. not. Shame. A woman's wrath. Oh, I'm petrified. <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> just slice each other up. Yeah. I think we're all pretty happy that X-Men came out a couple years ago to perfect this type of special effect. Right. <laughs> That's a Fox movie. It makes sense. Probably have some, maybe the same people working on it. Come on, how can you not like this part? It's, yeah, I was about to say. Does it give you memories? Or ideas? Ideas. Oh! <laughs> he just got hit in the boys. I'd have been very upset. <laughs> Another great line of dialogue. Ow. So there's no symbolism here at all. Nope, none at all. It's about as subtle as bullseye killing Electra. <laughs> Run! You should have just pulled the freaking trigger when you had the yep. chance and painted the room with his brain matter. <laughs> But you wouldn't have the exciting. Skinner. What the hell? It's okay, Skinner. No, it's not. What the hell are you doing here? What makes you think I'm Skinner? Huh? Whoa, whoa. Uh oh, little knives. That's ah, why we. Ah, ah. I will say that the knife cuts onto the picture looks kind of off, but the knife itself looks really good. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Any minute now I'll get there. <laughs> Just stay right where you are. But I, see, I like that, though, because that's kind of what something like that from that time era would yeah. look like. You know, it shouldn't very be bulky. Iron Man, you know? Yeah, it would be very bulky. Well, even in the first Iron Man film, the first armor. Right. Yeah. There's nothing important in that room. Ow. I was about to say, that's the only drawback to having a, a, a flamethrower is you're carrying your own demise. Right. Yeah, typically the bad guys in movies that are the flamethrower guys don't don't meet a very uh, nice fate. <laughs> How did you think this was going to end, really? Come on! You want more? No! I love this part. Not the whole thing. Tastes like menthol. <laughs> that was a bad move, dude. Yeah. Does nobody know anything about vampire lore in the movies? Or the fact that she heals from everything else, why wouldn't she heal from that? Right. The only, you know, that was the thing keeping her stuck to the bed. They always make that mistake in vampire stories. Her hair's straight. You broke my 
You're right. That bothers me. I love this. I could get... I could... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I like this part. What I love is her expression as it happens. That's great. It's very Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a beautiful effect. Uh-huh. But the look on her face as it was happening. Yeah. You know, the horror... Last time I play with Max. Ow. Okay, he's covered in gunpowder. At least I thought that was gunpowder. Yeah. Why is he not igniting? Maybe the flame really has to hit him. Where in the hell did all of this junk furniture come from? Well, this was some sort of castle, castle or something, and and Moriarty found the place deserted and made it his own. But yeah, so okay, I guess works. this is like where they put all the shit up in the attic or something that was already there. <laughs> you, know? you see the hilt on that knife he had? I love this part. It's it's the Hulk fight we wanted in oh, the yeah. Ang Lee film, and yeah. we got it here. I thought that back in 2003. I was like, it's, that's much more like, satisfying. It's a great reveal, too, because it's like you're thinking to yourself, what the hell could Hyde be scared of? And he's clearly frightened. And then you see this thing, and you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I like that Nemo thinks it can take him on, too. He's just bizarre looking. And beating the tar out of uh out of hide. Oh, just, that's awesome. See again, this is one of those scenes where I just look at this and go, how can you not love this? It's all yeah, just it's everything on each other. Superheroes. I mean, this is the Hulk abomination fight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was a nice transition. Yeah. That was really smooth, actually. That's clever. I love these two wailing on each other. And like I said, I love the fact that he thinks he can take him on. Yeah, he's not afraid of him at all. Crap! That's a rough effect right there. Yeah, that was him landing was a bit no, off. He's burning through the formula at an accelerated rate, which is pretty good for all of us. He'll soon change back. Crap! <laughs> Hope it's real soon, dude. Ow! 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 He stabs hide in the face. Oh, 
It looks like he's hitting him in some of these parts, too. You know, it, it, I found out something recently. They were they were uh, interviewing Christian Bale about the latest Batman film, and he asked if there were any... The interviewer asked if there was any shots in the Bane Batman fight where he was getting hit for real. And Bale said something interesting that in fight scenes like this, if they really hit each other, it doesn't look as good as when they're faking. Right. Which makes sense when you think about it. Because really, in any kind of fight scene, it's not the person delivering the punch that sells it. Right. It's the guy taking it. You think you're going to come in here and wreck all this? Or just rebuild it? Uh, yeah, actually, that's exactly what I think, by the way. Just to tell you. It was the plan. There'll be others like me, Quartermain. You can't kill the future. It's great. Okay, we could have timed this a little bit better. Let me ask you a question. Oh, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is Alan Quartermain. Uh, <laughs> I have buried many wives. <laughs> Ow. So, uh, there's a way out of this, right? Right? Oh, crap. <laughs> I would have preferred to have him get stabbed by a giant icicle, but that works, too. I like how his eyes are all bugging out. Again! Pull the trigger I or ask a question. I'm of being wrong. <laughs> the League. Me. Skinner. Wrong. Bullet! Wrong about your little American friend as well. You really think he's ready for action? I think you've trained him about as well as you trained your son. Because I'm sorry. With Alan Quartermain, yeah. he shoots him in the face and then shoots the other guy. Ow. That's pretty cool. Thank God I have this billowing cloak. <laughs> what is the deal with the mask? I don't know why he's so hot on that mask. Yeah, he's <laughs> gone. To, yeah, he's gone to great lengths to hang onto that mask. Get him! It was a little Captain Kirk moment there, wasn't it? Oh yeah, looking at Picard. So yeah, definitely. Take your time. <laughs> what? When in Generations. Oh, okay. I, I was referring more to the, the broken uh, specs. Oh, the broken... Oh, okay. <laughs> we were thinking uh, of different Star Trek films. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot him already! Oh, I'm sorry. It's not dramatic enough yet. You realize the amount of wind that he has to adjust for to make this shot? Ow. I don't think there is any blood in this entire film except for like the little bits of the vampire stuff. Yeah, and that's it. I got him. I guess that's why it plays so well on FX because you really don't have to edit out much of the violence. Or do they play this much? Do they? Oh yes. When when super, especially when superhero films are in theaters, they'll play the crap out of this. 
which is fun on a Saturday afternoon when you got nothing else going on. It's that kind of film. Yeah. Really. That's sad. Yeah. Because he, he really was a mentor to Sawyer. That's a good shot of him ducking his head down. Yeah. Chief I, Yeah, I had this guy cook out uh, for me at the last uh, barbecue <laughs> we had. So he was pretty good. This is like the, the ending of this. It's the one part of the movie where I'm like, eh, I'm not entirely sold on this. But if you look, there's the Invisible Man. You're right. I don't know how I missed that before. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he's got no feet. That's awesome. Apparently he healed up. They had a lot of salve back at uh, HQ. <laughs> What's next? I have long hidden away from the world. Now I wish to see it anew as the same. I just love the idea that they all just hopped in the Nautilus some of the next adventure. Right. Oh, I love his black outfit there. That is so badass. Mm hmm The Nautilus awaits. So who's coming? Well, you know, as I was saying before, you know, just before we got started, I always take Wikipedia with a grain of salt, but if you look on there, it states both what the movie costs and what it grossed. And according to that, this movie is far from a failure. So I'm, I'm mystified by that reputation of it being a bomb or a failure because it, it wasn't. They might have had a metric that said they had to make this much money. Right. Even That's, though it, it yeah. made as much as it did. It's like Superman Returns is considered a failure. Right. For only making three hundred million dollars instead of the four hundred or five hundred they projected, right? I so and, and, and you, and you've worked enough big box retailing to know that those numbers are complete BS, anyways. So, yep. yeah, I really don't like this. This is like the one part of the film where I'm just like, no. It's such an awkward way to end the film. I like it in theory, but I, I think this is the one part of the movie where the effects look very cheesy. Yeah. But uh, I, I just, I wish it had ended like the book ended, you know, with them reassembling for the next mission, you know, whether it was Martians or not. See, I would have loved to have seen that. And I know the, the comic did it, but again, I don't care enough about the comic to uh, check that out. Right. But uh, just the idea of these guys, you know, going back to to, to London, because it really should have been set in London, since I don't think any adaptation of War of the Worlds has ever actually set in the country that it takes place in in the book. Uh, and I've never seen the Spielberg one, so I really can't say much on it. Did you ever watch the uh, weird tangent? Did you ever watch the War of the Worlds TV series that was on for five minutes in the late 80s? I watched the pilot episode and... Uh... You didn't like it? Eh, it was okay. I enjoyed it. Of course, I was like 13, 12, 13. So right. Take, take it for what it is. But I really enjoyed the series. It was very dark for uh, early syndicated stuff. I like no, the just... concept, and I like that they use the same sound effects from the from the um, 50, whatever. Yeah. The, you know, the movie, 53, I think it is. But, uh, it yeah, it just didn't grab me somehow. But I remember uh, right around the time that the Spielberg one, when it either when it was out or when it was coming out, 
there was um, another version that was made that was done as a as a period piece set in England. I don't. I have no idea if it was any good or not, but I do remember seeing that at like a I don't know, like a blockbuster or something like that. You know, it's really weird seeing all these like. Eastern European names, right? With, uh, Lady Smith Black Zambaza playing in the background. <laughs> it's very, it's like it, it, it's it's a uh, something I can't quite quantify in my head. I've been meaning to keep watching for sound editor, but I think I missed it. No, but this is it's such a fun movie. I mean, it, it really is. is. And if you haven't watched it in a while, crack it out and just watch it again. I mean, I'm sure it's on Netflix. And like I said, FX shows it quite regularly. And just watch it for the fun adventure film it was. You know, not everything... Like I said before, I've long abandoned the concept that Hollywood is going to make a true shot-for-shot adaptation of a comic book. And really, they, in some cases, they can't because the medium the two mediums don't quite work together. Right. Because in the movie, the director is controlling time. You know, they control where the shot goes. They control how time flows within the story. Within within a comic book, even more so than a novel, you are controlling the time. You are pacing how you're reading and going from panel to panel to panel. So it's really hard to kind of translate that uh, I mean, you can be like Sin City, which I thought was a good movie. I enjoyed the crap out of it, actually. Uh, which just, you know, took the comic and used it as a storyboard. But because of all the CGI of that and that kind of... Another movie I have to see now that I've finally accepted that I will see because you keep telling me I need to, you know, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, where the all of the backgrounds are computer-generated. It kind of takes you out of... Uh, oh, good. Uh, Trevor Jones did some of the orchestrations. Very good. I like that. Though sometimes who, who does the, the actual conducting is very bizarre. It's like Shirley Walker conducted the Batman score. Right. For Elfman. And uh, what's his name? The guy that did uh, Celebrations. Not Celebrations. What is that called? The, the, the Illuminations. The Illuminations. Um, Gavin Greenaway. Yeah, he was the one that conducted the score even though he didn't write the score, he conducted the uh, score for How to Train a Dragon. Hmm. So, and if you listen to that How to Train a Dragon score, it sounds very much like Illuminations in places. Does it really? <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, wow, now I need to hear that. You may get something in the mail. I've been, uh, I've been meaning to watch that movie. I just It's a great movie, dude. It is awesome. Watch it with your kids. It's a. Did you guys see Brave at all, or were you? No. Uh, okay. Uh, Brave is very much the f- the the female version of How to Train a Dragon. Basically, uh, it's got a lot of the same themes to it. Yeah, we all wanted to go see that uh, How to Train Your Dragon when it was in the theater, and just didn't, it was didn't good, make dude. it there in time. I love the score to this movie. I really wish that they would do a, a, an expanded or yeah. complete release of the of the score. They will at some point. They're doing it with everything else. Yeah. Four guys on the or three guys and a girl on the facial capture crew. 
Do you think that uh, film composers now really have to struggle with the final credits as how long some of these things can be? Because, <laughs> you know, with Superman the movie, it had a lot of end credits. Right. But it fit very nicely with the main theme and the love theme. And then you were good, you know? <laughs> Here, you have a you have a little bit more. Well, thank God that, you know, this this wasn't your typical superhero movie where it got to the, the credits at the very end. And, you know, as soon as the, the movie went went dark and the, the end credits start to roll, you've got some god-awful, you know, like rock, rock and roll yeah. song. Oh, I hate when they do that. Though it's kind of funny when, when Rachel and I went to see... Um went to see that uh, Edgar Allan Poe movie that John Cusack did that came out a couple months ago, which was a really good film by the way, I enjoyed it. At the end we joked that Nick Fury would come out <laughs> and, and and Rachel said no, somebody comes out and uh, recruits him for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and I thought that's a really oh, cool awesome. idea actually. <laughs> Speaking of which, what we touched on before, yeah. um, so what what era would you choose to do uh, for for a, a different league? You know, I'd have to go with an era I'm you know kind of overly familiar with, and uh, you know I'd have to go in eighties or nineties because I'm not you know right. you know if you're going to do like the thirties and forties, obviously you would have Indiana Jones and Carter Hall and, and all that kind of stuff. But with uh, with the 80s, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, well, who would you do it? I mean, who are the action heroes? And, uh, and I'd put Remo Williams on the team because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Not many other people do, but I love Remo Williams. The adventure begins an hour and a half into the film. Um, just for shits and giggles, I'd put Robocop, even though it's a different time period. Right. I was, it's an yeah. 80s film. Yeah, Robocop makes my list, too. Uh, Marty McFly. <laughs> I don't know why, just to have him there. Um, who else in the 80s would be good to have? Commando? I was thinking, uh, instead of Marty, I was thinking Doc. Doc Brown is the mad scientist. Yeah, for both your science and, you know, because of the DeLorean and all that. RoboCop was on my list. Uh, I also had John McClane on my list. Oh, definitely. John McClane and, uh, just for shits and giggles, put Marty Riggs, uh... From, uh, from from Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, yeah. But John McClane would be fun just because I, I think it's it's fair to say that Die Hard was the game changer for action films. Oh, yes. Die Hard and Lethal Weapon completely revolutionized how those films were done. So you kind of have to have the, one of them there mainly just to represent that. Because, you know, you had the old guard, which was Remo Williams was very much the old guard, especially in terms of the fight scenes and stuff and how they did the martial arts. Uh, you know, Die Hard was when it got rough, when it got... T- I mean, the thing about Die Hard that's brilliant is right away in the film, he has no shoes and no weapons. Right. And he has to get out of there. And it's just, you know, the entire film is him figuring it out. So it's not like Commando where first thing in the film you got arnold schwarzenegger walking down a mountaintop with a freaking tree on his shoulder (laughs) and and uh you know jeff loeb wrote that movie right um and he talked about the original idea for it was to have an ex-massad agent and his the original idea was to have gene simmons in the film and that went by the wayside and his next idea was to not to have an ex-special forces guy 
but one that had completely given up the life and gone to kind of seed. So the the question isn't, you know, when is he going to save the day? Is how is this guy going to save the day? Right. And then when you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like, oh, it's going to be about 87 minutes into the film. So with Die Hard, it was very much like, how the hell is he going to do this? Especially when they hobble him, you know, three quarters of the way through the film with the glass in his feet. Right. So, so who else would be on your team? Um, well, I think there, there's every possibility McLean would would be the leader. Yeah. You know, just because he's he's fast on his feet, you know, quick thinking and that sort of thing. Um, the Highlander, you know, as your <laughs> awesome. as your token immortal. Um, that would be great. Let me think. Who else? Who else? You could have uh, you could have what's his name, Jason Patrick from Lost Boys as the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, trying to basically pick somebody from like every year of of the decade of the eighties. Let me see. From nineteen eighty, trying to think of who could you have from eighty. Magnum PI. Yeah, that works. Dun, 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 dun. I think 81. The only thing I can think of from 81 is Raiders, and that doesn't work because it's a period piece. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. 82. I think we already picked somebody from 82. I'm trying to remember who it was now, but I think we picked somebody from 82. Had the Highlander from 84. 83. Not so sure on either. 85, we've got Doc Brown. Definitely. 86. Again, not so sure. See, I'd have to look up the these different years to see wh- what came out when. We've got RoboCop, which was what, 80? 80... 87, I 87? thought. 87, yeah. 88, I don't know. 89, maybe, uh, maybe Batman. <laughs> Just have your token superhero in there. You know, the Keaton Batman. Batman would work. I'd, I'd be I'd, I'd be seriously down with that. You could have uh, could have James Bond on the team since there were Bond films. Oh the yeah, too. oh the to the Timothy Dalton Bond would be awesome. Yeah, because I wouldn't want Roger Moore because he's too freaking old. <laughs> that works. Well, what do you think? I think we have a great commentary. Another fun one. Hopefully, it'll be as successful as the Captain America one. I want to hear feedback on this, and I'm very Definitely. curious what people are going to uh, to have to say about this. Hopefully we've done a good job of, of defending this, and uh, if nothing else, expressing uh, our affection for it, because I do dig the hell out of this movie. It's, it's good old-fashioned. It's Saturday afternoon, it's raining outside, you got some popcorn, maybe a beer, maybe a soda, depending on what your poison is. And you just want to sit there and kind of watch a fun, fun movie. And this is definitely it. Would you put Rocky on the team? Just yeah, maybe Rocky, John, yeah. Or John Rambo. Rambo, yes, as your <laughs> weapons expert, yes. Sorry, I just thought of that right there at the yeah, end. Yeah, actually, I, he, see, I had I'd played this game one other time before on some forum somewhere. And, uh, and Rambo was on my list. I can't believe I forgot Rambo, yes. So, but seriously, if, if you haven't seen the film and all you've heard is how bad it is, you really need to kind of sit down and watch it again just to 
to give it a chance. Now, if you end up not liking it, that's one thing. I mean, everyone's got their own tastes. You know, you, you can't force someone to like something they can't. But what you can do is probably, you know, give it another shot and look at it maybe through a different perspective where you just, you're kind of like, you know, I'm going to watch this from the standpoint that it's a fun adventure film, not that it's teaming up Victorian era heroes and trying to be as realistic with that as possible. Uh, you know, you and I and like a couple other people, because every, every time we talk about this on Facebook, there's like three or four people that are, you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get that. You know, I, I, you know, I'm down with that. But usually it's, it's the thing that, you know, I love them to death. But the the shag reaction is the uh, is usually the most common. Right. I I know that it's not quite universally hated, and and that makes me feel good. I I have heard a number of people, you know, also say that that they don't understand, uh, you know, all the hate and all the all the negativity that that most people give it. So yeah. Like I say, I'm, I'm I'm very curious. I really wanna I wanna hear it from both sides. You know, the people that are like, "Hey, thanks for doing this. I've always liked this movie," kind of thing. Because I like when those people come out of the woodwork. You know. Mm-hmm. But I also, more than anything, what I'd really like to hear, I'd really like to hear from the the people that that are you know unrepentant haters that that aren't going to be swayed by our commentary. I want specifics. Because I really do not understand what people don't like about this. I've heard bits and pieces here and there, you know, complaints about different things. But as as a whole, I, I don't get it. You know, I don't see where any of the things I've ever heard about are, are a big enough stumbling block to, you know, just completely ruin the movie for you to where you can't enjoy any of it. Because I just think it's it's a highly enjoyable movie despite the problems with it so i really want to know what is it that's that's you know what is that that camel back breaking straw you know that that yeah. just ruins this movie for you i really want to know unless it's you know i just like the book and it wasn't like that in which case yeah you can keep that to yourself <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> kidding you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.